Jeremiah chapter number 6, we'll just read here verses uh, 1 through 9, Nehemiah chapter number 6. My wife and I did a study in Nehemiah, and uh, part of our goal last time was to help churches to be established this last term. And uh, so as we studied this, I thought this would be a good study for furlough. So I've been going through the book of Nehemiah, and we're in Nehemiah chapter number 6, and verse number 1, the Bible says, Now it came to pass... When Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me, notice, four times. Now we're talking about for such a time as this. And we see these times mentioned here in the book of Nehemiah. These four times they came down to him after this sort and answered them after the same manner. Verse 5, then then sent Sanballat his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words." Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. Verse 9, For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. So he prays, Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Tonight I want to consider, as we look at missions, I want to consider times of testing in missions, or times of temptation. These tests, these temptations to slack up, to quit, for Nehemiah in doing God's will, they came to him time and time again. And in these times that we're living in, this time that we have, uh, we must realize There's going to be times of testing. Esther had come to be queen of the kingdom for such a time as the time of the destruction of the Jews by their enemy, the wicked man Haman. And through him, all their enemies round about. He had opened the door and everyone was kind of going into it to destroy the Jews. That was her time. Nehemiah was a picture in many ways. If you look back at the beginning of Nehemiah, as I studied this, And uh, just been a blessing to look back on it. But he had a burden for a people and an area. And he prayed. And he realized they were in the problem they were in because of sin. But they needed safety. They needed an opportunity to worship and serve God in safety and peace. And so he raised support and he went with a purpose to build a wall. In many ways, he's a picture of a missionary in his day. And he was there for such a time as was the situation at that time. Jerusalem was in shambles and was vulnerable to her enemies as a result of sin. Nehemiah had a burden for the city and for the people. He asked concerning them, 
and he sought to help them worship and serve God in safety and peace after raising support he needed from those in authority. And so we see in the work of Nehemiah, I see four things, four times as we look at this passage that I think will be a help and a blessing to us as we consider times of testing in missions. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we can gather around it. We can read it plainly and see what it says and how it will speak to each of us. And Lord, we pray that you'd fill us with your spirit. Help us to discern that which you'd have for us tonight, that we might find that way that you'd have for us, that we might continue to serve you and accomplish your purpose in times of testing. We pray that you bless tonight in a special way. In Christ's name, amen. First time I see here is a time for the establishment of a testimony. In verse number one, came to pass that these enemies, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, and all the rest of the enemies, they heard something. Verse one, they heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein. Now he hadn't put the gates up yet. And so they sent unto him saying, come, let us meet together. And some one of the villages in the plain of, oh no, but they thought to do me mischief. A time for the establishment of a testimony. We just talked tonight about the testimonies that we see here. And as I look around, it's a little bit intimidating. All the years of service to the Lord, as I see people that I've known for many years, and you've established a testimony. You've sought out to do God's will, and you're doing it. You're accomplishing it, and you're looking forward to continuing in that. Nehemiah faced many adversaries in this task of building a wall. The wall of protection for God's people. And these enemies used several tactics previously to seek to get him to stop. They tried ridicule, threats, mockery, false accusations, and actual fighting. Remember, they had to hold a sword with the trout. And they had to stay up and watch, but to no avail. Nehemiah established himself by the work that he accomplished. We all have a time. The time is now. It's a time such as this to establish our testimony as a Christian who wants to accomplish something for God and help people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth so they too can serve God acceptably both here and around the world. It's a time to establish a testimony. Now walls will come and go. Buildings will come and go. Where we were this morning with the young people, uh, fellowship halls will come and they'll go. Everything has a lifespan. But I'm telling you, when we serve God, when we open the Word of God, and when we challenge people to the will of God, and people make decisions at an altar to say, Lord, this is my life. I'll do what you want me to do. That's life changing. And it can change someone's eternity, and it can affect the lives of others here and around the world when we just say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. Nothing can take that away. Nothing can change that. That decision that was made at a point in time can change the trajectory of a life. It's time for the establishment of a testimony. Number two, a time for the estimation of a test. These enemies start trying a different approach in seeking to find an estimation of Nehemiah's weaknesses. They throw out this test. And they say, hey, we just want an appointment. We just want to meet with you. 
presumably to talk. It sounds innocent enough, but instead of working, they wanted Nehemiah to come and to meet and to talk with them. I had the weirdest experience the other day. My car was making a funny noise and in the transmission area, so I called a garage that was recommended by a company that was a warranty company. And uh, this company said, well, we don't do transmissions, but here's a man that's done well for us. And so I called him and he was super friendly and he was willing to work with us if we needed him. And so uh, when the noise got worse, I called him and told he told me to come in Thursday at two o'clock. So I go in there Thursday at two o'clock and, and uh, the secretary says, well, he's still at lunch. And, uh, but he called her right away and then he talked to me and he says, ah, I still want to meet you with you. Can you meet me at 2.30? And I said, just, that's fine. And, uh, and so uh, Sonic was right across the way and it was in the afternoon and you know, sodas were half price. And so I said to the secretary, what's your favorite? And she said, well, you know, this isn't this. And there were a couple mechanics in there. So we went over and got half price sodas and I didn't have to ask the mechanics. It's probably Dr. Pepper. You know, that just seems to be every man's favorite. I don't know, but just how it goes. So we brought these back. And as I'm entering the door, I'm holding this, these sodas and somebody pulls up and he gets out with his wife and he says something about DoorDash. And so I open the door for them and they walk in and then I walk in and give the sodas to the secretary. And it turns out he's the manager. He's the boss that I talked to. And he said, did you order DoorDash to the secretary? And she just laughed. She said, no. And then, uh, he asked her again and he was serious and she said, no, I didn't order DoorDash. He, he's the one that is waiting for you to come. And he was just being friendly and buying a soda. Oh, okay. And so that was the first case of mistaken identity. He didn't know who I was. He thought I was a DoorDash guy, you know, having a side hustle. And so he said, well, come back. He said, now, did you give him a paper to fill out? She said, no, I didn't have time. And so she handed me a paper and I went back to his office. Now I'm in there to get some car work done. I want the work done. And he sits me down and he says, so tell me about yourself. I thought, well, this is strange. <laughs> well, maybe he's just a nice guy and wants to get to know me. So I started explaining, I'm a missionary. We travel all over and I called you about my car and I need to get it fixed. And he gets this confused look on his face and he says, uh, oh, you're here for car work. He said, oh, okay. He says, yeah, we can look at that. We'll get that figured out. And he looks down. He said, by the way, you don't have to fill out that paper. And I looked down, and it's an application form for employment. Second case of mistaken identity. He thought I was there for a job. So we go out, and we're laughing about it. And the secretary's out there. And he says, I'm so sorry. She, he says, I can't believe I mistook you, you know, for a DoorDash guy. And now an employee seeking employment. And uh, he says, I'm so sorry. And the secretary just laughs and laughs. She looks at me. She says, I'm not sorry. This thing has made my day. And she was just having a great time with it. Then my wife mistook the mechanic that came out. He went into the borrowed vehicle that we have with us. And she was in the passenger seat. And so that was a mistake. And I didn't. Then she thought it was the boss. And so there was all kinds of stuff going on. And a lot of times people don't know who we are, right? They don't know what we stand for when they first see us, especially if they just judge by outward appearance. You might be a DoorDash guy. I don't know. But you know, when tests come, it reveals who and what we are. Those were funny and good-natured times, and they didn't pull us off course too far or for too long. But it was a test that revealed many things about everyone involved in that whole situation and their thoughts and their heart and their mind. 
Tests give us an estimation of ourselves and others. When tests come, they give us a judgment about the hearts of men and it reveals what is within. A friend of mine from Bible college, it was his last year and my first year, and so he taught me many things and mentored me. And We were supposed to be with him recently and then we weren't able to go. He's a pastor, but uh, just a blessing. Their church took us on anyway. What a blessing that was. And One of the greatest gifts he ever gave me was he came back to college during a sweetheart banquet and he preached a couple years after he graduated and he preached a message, everything in life is a test. What a thought. Everything that comes in life reveals who we are. Our passage mentions five times that the enemy sought purposely to bring Nehemiah off the wall and away from the work. These were testings and he was there for such a time as this. Nehemiah knew they were up to mischief and no good. They wanted nothing more than to bring grief into his life. They wanted to harm him and the workers. Their talking was going to stop the work which would vex him and afflict him, bring distress into his life and lead to misery and sorrow because the work would not be accomplished in the time that was available and that's what he was there for. These were five purposeful temptations that would allow someone who was maybe looking to get out of work an opportunity to just go and talk. But Nehemiah knew the wise man saying in Proverbs 14, 23, in all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. And he enforced his conviction with decision. I was talking to the man in the back and he was telling me about a a saying that his dad had. What was that? Your action speaks louder than words. words. Nehemiah could say all day, this is what I believe and this is what we should do, but he put the action to it. And he said, I will not come down. If I come down there to talk to you, the work will lack and the work will cease. So in verse 3 we read, And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? whilst I leave it and come down to you. Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, times of testing, and I answered them after the same manner. Another thing he said was his dad was consistent. He would always give him the same answer. These enemies, though, were persistent, sending four messengers to hammer away at Nehemiah to come and talk. Nehemiah consistently told them the same response, They really thought they could persuade him and intimidate him into coming down to talk to them just because they wanted him to, but he passed the test. Can I say this church has started to build a wall? You look on the walls and you see the missionaries that you are supporting and the work that's taking place all around the world because you take what God has given you And you've trusted His promise to provide for you. And so you've given to Him and His work. And you've been a channel and allowed God to work through you and reach all over the world with the gospel. Can I say there will be times of testing. Just come down off the wall. Just stop for a little while. You have established a testimony. The, book, the church at Rome, their faith was spoken of throughout the whole world. You know, they could have rested on that and said, we better just take a break. We need to stop. We need to just rest a while. 
And yet, they needed to continue the work. It was almost done, but the gates weren't up yet. There was still work to do. A time for establishing a testimony. A time for estimating of a test. Number three, a time for the extension of a testing. Sometimes the testings get long. When Nehemiah refused, they changed tactics with the fifth blow of the hammer. The fifth time they brought an open letter wherein were recorded false accusations and suppositions. Verse 5, Then sent Sound Ballot, his servant unto me in like manner, the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. This was a they said letter. Have you ever seen those or heard about those? They said this about you. We heard. It's a we heard letter. We heard this was happening. The supposed rumor was that Nehemiah, because he was building a wall of protection, was going to set up a kingdom within the wall and be a king of that little kingdom. He would thus be rebelling against the current king of the land. They used the good that he was doing and they turned it around against him and made it sound like something evil. Has that ever happened to you? They called him a rebel for trying to help people serve God safely and acceptably. Notice this open letter in verse number 6, wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. They then added to that story by saying that he was only in it for himself. Oh, you're just doing it to benefit yourself. Look at all the benefits you're receiving from building this wall. They said he was hiring preachers to announce that he was the new king of Judah. You see how this test was being extended and expanded? Have you ever been there? Lord, is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to stop? We've seen some tests in Uganda. We've seen some attacks of the enemy. We've seen some people who have disliked decisions that have been made or uh, disqualifications that have been announced and brought about. And we've had things happen and they continue to happen. In fact, there are many unknowns even today as we go back to Uganda. There are things we just don't know what's going to happen. But these men came with these temptations and now they said, if you just come and talk, we won't tell on you. We're not going to go tell the king. As long as he would stop building the wall, they wouldn't do what they were threatening to do. Notice verse 7, And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king, according to these words, Come now therefore, and let us take counsel together. It just kept going. Five times. And it just expanded more and more. And another thing comes and hits. And another accusation. And another false report. Boy, Nehemiah just could have gotten overwhelmed. And can I say, he did get scared. It did affect his emotions. He was afraid. We're going to see that in just a minute. The other night we were in a, in a uh, pizza shop. 
I went to a pizza shop to pick up pizza. Friday night, that's our meal on Friday nights. And so we went to pick up a pizza. That good. And I've never had this happen. I was in, went into the shop and there was a woman at the cash register yelling at a young lady that was at the cash register. I mean yelling. I've never experienced that. She is yelling at her, telling her what for and what she needs to do. And the young lady is just saying, ma'am, these are the rules. This is what you need to do. You need to bring that back and so I can scan it and give you a refund. She was having none of it. And uh, finally she works it out another way for her and gives her what she wants. And then they leave and somebody comes in very enthusiastically and asks that girl, what's your name? And that girl, I thought she'd cower. She said, my name is, and she said it loudly and she wrote it down. She says, here it is. <laughs> Why? She was doing what was right. She passed the test. The fourth thing I see is a time for the escape provided by the testator. Now that might sound a little confusing, but let's look at what it means. A testator is one who dies and leaves a clear inheritance in his declared will, his testament. God is called a testator in Hebrews chapter number 9. If you look over there in Hebrews chapter number 9, Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter number 9. Had the privilege of teaching my daughter a class this last term of her Bible college, and we're teaching through the book of Hebrews. And we're about to get to this point. In fact, this last week we got to it, Hebrews chapter number 9. And notice what it says in verse number 15, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 15. The Bible says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator, for a testament is of no force after men uh, is a force, I'm sorry, is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Do you get what it's saying there? There are some here who have an inheritance, but your parents are still alive, and so their will is not going to kick in until they pass away. That's just the obvious thing about a, a will, a testament. There has to be the death of the one who made the testament. And God made a testament. He had so many promises, such a great inheritance, but we couldn't see it until Jesus came and explained it and told all about it. And then he died, the Bible says, to redeem us from the transgressions of the law, that first testament that revealed sin but couldn't save anybody. And after he died, the inheritance became available. And he spent that whole New Testament telling us all about that eternal inheritance awaiting us in heaven. What a grand and tremendous thing for those who are called and receive Christ, that promise of eternal inheritance. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. You see, there's a time for the escape provided by the testator. 
Back in Nehemiah chapter number 6, Nehemiah had such confidence in God, he found his way of escape. Verse 8 says, And then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. They wanted him to come and deliberate in order to resolve their issues and counsel them, but he was having none of it. Saying that what they were accusing him of was not true and not happening, he simply had to defend himself with the truth. And he told them the accusations were simply invented and fabricated by them for the purpose of scaring him. Can I say it worked? And it might work on us too. And there'll be me times when we face these testings, the testings of missions. We might feel a little bit of fear too. Verse 9 says, For they all made us afraid, saying their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. The enemies hoped that their fear from this temptation would weaken them and cause them to slack off from the work and cease from building the wall. But notice what Nehemiah said. He found the great escape of the testator, the one who gave us his only begotten son, Shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Nehemiah knew it. He says, Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Help me to work through and get past these temptations that the designs of the enemy do not prevail. Nehemiah might have been afraid, but he knew the way of escape from the temptation. It was promised by God and he knew where to go for help. Romans 8.32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There's a time to establish a testimony and build that wall. There's a time where there'll be an estimate with a test. There's a time of extension of that testing. And there's a time to escape the temptation by the strength of the testator, the one who died for us and rose again. Let me ask you tonight, are you ready for such a time as this? We ought to be preparing for it. Our time of testing will come. Are you building a testimony? Are you ready for the test that will come? Are you looking for the escape that you might continue to build the wall? Would you bow your head?